Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. You know this message that you're about to hear. I pray that it not only inspires you, but encourages you to follow Jesus even more. In fact, there are probably people in your life who need to hear this timely word. Chances are you're thinking about them right now. Share this message with them. And listen, if you're watching on YouTube, let me encourage you to hit subscribe, stay tapped in. You know, I also wanna take the time to thank all those who support us. We wouldn't have any ministry outside these four walls if it weren't for our friends who come alongside us in prayer and supporting us financially. You know, there are thousands, there are thousands who are benefited by this ministry because of your giving, and we thank you. To continue or to even start supporting our mission to help others and their families follow Jesus, you can give by visiting cfmiami.org slash give. We also wanted to update you on something important. Recently, our on-demand services will be available starting Sunday evenings. To catch the entire service, be sure that you're logging onto our live streams when we begin services Sunday morning at 9 a.m., 10.45 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Otherwise, you'll be catching the service midway through. Enjoy this sermon. Hey, how many of the children of God are glad that fear will never conquer you because you are a child of the living God? Come on, let me hear it. Amen. Hey, well, welcome, everyone. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms. Can we encourage our moms right now? Amen. Happy Mother's Day uh, to everyone in our local campuses, watching online, and my wife right there. Happy Mother's Day, sweetie. Love you. And uh, welcome, everyone. My name is Zomar, and I have the honor and the privilege of serving as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And on this Mother's Day, we're continuing our study through the book of Genesis. And uh, today, by the way, heads up, guys. It's gonna be all about the ladies, all right? We're gonna, I'm gonna gear my teaching for the ladies. You'll have Father's Day coming up in a few weeks, all right? You'll, you'll be good, all right? But uh, man, so good to be here. So let's go ahead and dive into God's Word. Let's open them up to Genesis chapter 29. And uh, wherever you find yourself at all campuses, you can follow along with me as I read, all right? Listen to what God's Word says. And the Lord saw that Leah was hated or unloved, and he opened up her womb. But Rachel was barren, and Leah conceived and bore a son. And she called his name Reuben, for she said, Because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. And when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she envied her sister. And she said, Jacob, give me children or I shall die. In other words, these two young girls were finding their identity somewhere in this world, even in being in motherhood. That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody, at all campuses. So let me start off by sharing this with you. You know, when Ashley got pregnant with her first child, Everyone told me how awesome it was going to be to have a little baby girl. Uh, you know, mind you, growing up as a guy, I thought having a boy would be the best thing ever. But all the guys, even Pastor Rick, has two daughters, said, no, 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 no. Having a little girl is very, very special. And boy, were they right. Because the moment Camila was born, listen, she captured my heart. She melted my heart. And really, it's been one of my great joys just to see her grow up and start to develop into a beautiful little girl. Now, folks, follow me here. Because Camila is now in a, in a stage where she's trying to figure out who she is. In other words, she's trying to find out her identity. 
everyone on all campuses say identity. identity. Say it one more time, my identity. identity. Yeah. And so for example, like I've told you before, she loves to dress up as, a pr as, as princesses. And folks, every day, yeah, it's a different princess. And here's what she does every, yeah, here's what she does every single day. At 6 a.m., I don't have to wake her up. She wakes up by herself at 6 a.m., I see her on the camera. She gets up and she goes to, she goes to the closet, opens up the closet doors and goes like this, hmm. Which princess? And, the, and she picks one princess costume out. She puts it on. And for the rest of her day, yeah, she becomes that princess. It's almost like she assumes the identity of that princess. And for the rest of the day, she's acting like that princess. I have to name, I have to address her by that name. And even in our prayer time, before they go to bed, we know we get together, us four, to pray. When I pray, I have to pray for her by that specific princess name. Yeah, that's to the degree that she takes this on. And folks, do, 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 uh, you know, don't miss this because, listen, one day when I was watching her just get dressed up, I, I realized that my daughter's soul was entering into a season in her life where she's trying to figure out who she is, what's her identity. And folks, every single day, she's in search of that. Every single day, she chooses a different princess dress because her heart is already longing for that. And folks, it's a journey that will last the rest of her life as she searches what's her identity. And church, let me just bring that over to our, to our teaching for today because folks, what an example of the journey of every single woman. And by that I mean that just like Camila at an early age, she's already longing for that. What, what, what is my identity? What gives me value? What gives me worth? Just like that. And here's the main idea as we open up God's word today on this Mother's Day. Every single one of us, apart from God, we are searching for our identity, including the late, including mothers and mother figures. And folks, here's what happens throughout their life. They're asking the question of what defines me as a woman? What gives me value? What gives me worth? And folks, listen, just like Camila, right? Every single day she goes from dress to dress, from dress to dress, trying to figure out. There's so many ladies, listen, they go from one thing to another thing, to another thing, to another thing, trying to find their identity. What gives them value? What gives them worth? What gives meaning to their life? And folks, this is why so many ladies, listen, they go from career to career. They go from fashion style to fashion style. They go from a group of friends to another group of friends. They go from a hobby to another hobby. They go from one guy to another guy. And here's the thing, depending on that season in their life and where they place their identity for that season, listen, it's not only gonna impact the way they think, but what they do and even the way they live their life. Who knows, maybe right now you're a lady, young or old, it doesn't matter. And when you start reflecting back into your life, you see how in different seasons in your life, you try to find your identity in different things. 
And you saw how every single time you went from one thing to another in different seasons of your life, from being a little girl to now however old you are, you realize that all those things that you were trying to find your worth and your acceptance and that defines you always leave you empty and discouraged. So maybe you're sitting here right now and you're visiting and you're thinking, no more. You know, as I reflect on my life, I'm a lot like Camila. So what, where can I find my identity? Where can I go to find truly who I am? Well, folks, we're going to find out from an ancient story in Scripture of two young girls named Leah and Rachel. All right? So if you have your Bibles, let's go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 29. And you can follow along in our listening guides. And today, folks, I have two important thoughts for us about where a woman could find her identity. Are you all ready, ready, ladies? Let me hear you. Yeah, I'd love to hear that. All right, so write this down as point number one. Here's the first thing we need to understand. And it says that a woman will wrestle with her identity all of her life. Now, folks, listen to what God's Word says in Genesis 29. It says, now Laban had two daughters. The name of the older was Leah and the name of the younger was what? Yeah, Rachel. Now, stop right there and slip into the scene. Because last week we saw that Jacob was fleeing from his brother Esau who wanted to kill him. And so his parents sent him back to where his mother's country was, which is the area of Haran. And so he makes this trek and he's, le- he's heading towards his place not only to escape her, his brother, but also to, fi- to be able to find a godly woman who through that marriage would eventually come for- be fulfill the promises of God. And folks, when he gets to this place called Haran, he gets to a place and he meets this girl whose name was Rachel, who by the grace of God, as God would have it, actually turns out to be a relative of him in his same family, what he was searching for. He turns out to be the daughter of his mother's brother. And so here's what you need to know about this family. Laban, the father, had two daughters, Leah and Rachel. Leah was the oldest. Rachel was the youngest. And folks, the reality is that this is the beginning of a very long and a very sad story for these two young girls who would struggle with their identity the majority of their life. Folks, here's where they struggled first. Write this down as letter A. First of all, they, they struggled with finding her identity in her appearance. Now, folks, listen to what Scripture says in the very next verse. It says this. It says, so Leah's eyes were what? Were weak, but Rachel was what? Beautiful in form and appearance. The family, this short verse in many ways defined these two young girls. Because as you can see, Leah had weak eyes. Now, some may think, well, it means that she had some sort of eye issue, but that was not the case. The word weak there in the Hebrew simply means soft, tender, gentle. And so most likely, Leah was just an ordinary girl, and she had really gentle, tender eyes. But what the verse is saying is that her sister, Rachel, was very beautiful in outward appearance. And folks, listen, it was evident to everyone in that town, everyone in Haran knew the two sisters, and they knew that Rachel was the beautiful one. So in many ways, Leah grew up in the shadows of her sister. 
which I'm sure that led to many insecurities as a young girl growing up. And then the other side of that coin, you know, it's easy for Rachel to grow up telling everyone, telling her how beautiful she was, and that kind of what defined her as a woman. And what's interesting is that for either one, one wrapped their identity in, in that they were never good looking enough, and the other wrapped, in, wrapped their identity in the fact that they were beautiful. And can I tell you, even today, there's so many ladies who live their lives filled with insecurities. Either because they think that their appearance, they're not beautiful enough, enough for a man to love them, enough for people to notice them, or on the other side of that coin, they grew up and thinking that their beauty is what really defines them, where it gives them worth, where they find their identity. Folks, this is why even the most beautiful women in the world, and this could even happen to men, listen, they, as they get older, they spend an inordinate amount of money and effort trying to retain that beauty that is fleeting. Why? Because somewhere along the way, they've wrapped up their identity in how they look. And folks, listen, both of these insecurities and fears of these young girls were actually validated in the very next verse. Notice that it says that Jacob loved who, everyone? Rachel. Rachel, not Leah. And he said, I will serve you seven years for your younger daughter, Rachel. And Laban said, it is better that I give her to you that, than that I should give her to any other man. Stay with me. Why? You're a family member. Stay with me. So Jacob served seven years for Rachel, and they seemed but a few days because of the love that he had for her. So think about it. For all those seven years, Leah probably walked around embarrassed that the kinsman of the family, instead of choosing her to be his wife, he chose the younger sister who was more beautiful than she was. And who knows, maybe Rachel, all those seven years, as, as Jacob was there, wondering, man, I hope that at the end of these seven years, Jacob still sees me as beautiful, that he doesn't change his mind. And so, even growing up, they wrestled with finding their identity and their appearance, but eventually, they would wrestle with the following. Write this down, letter B. Eventually, finding her identity in a husband, in a man. Now, folks, listen to what happens next. Then Jacob said to Laban, so give me my wife, for my time is completed. So Laban gathered together all the people of the place and made a feast. But in the evening, he took his daughter, what? Leah. Uh-oh. Took his daughter Leah, not Rachel, and brought her to Jacob. They spent the night together. And in the morning, behold, it was who? Leah. Leah. Now, some of you may be thinking, wait a second. How could Jacob not notice? Come on. Right? I mean, how can that happen? How can that be? Well, listen, Scripture doesn't really say clearly. But here's some things. It says that he was brought to her in the evening, so it was dark already. Maybe it was dark already, yeah. You know, in those times, they had a lot of ornate clothing, in the, you know, for brides. But if I, want to be, if I can be honest with you, I think Jacob was partying a little too much. <laughs> Drunk a little too much wine 
And at night, he didn't even know what he was doing is my gut feeling here. But nevertheless, yeah, listen to what happens next. And Jacob said to Laban, what is this that you've done to me? Did I not serve you for Rachel? Why then did you deceive me? And Laban said, it is not so done in our country to give the younger before the firstborn. So complete the week of this one and we will give you the other also return for serving me another seven years. Yeah. So Jacob did so and completed her week. And then Laban gave him his daughter Rachel to be his wife. And here's the key. And he loved Rachel more than who? More than Leah. And he served Laban for another seven years. Now folks, this is the beginning of an intense rivalry between these two sisters. Because these two girls who I'm sure grew up with a lot of insecurities as to their looks, now they're married to the same man. You see, growing up, I'm sure that in, in that time, you know, for them a husband was very socially important because it, it provided security for them, it provided a future, it provided provision, provided a name, all these different things. And so I'm sure that growing up, both of these girls dreamed, I cannot wait to meet my future husband. I can get out of this home and start my family and have children. And folks, what they always dreamed of turns out to be a nightmare. Because you, as you'll see, there was extreme jealousy and rivalry. And folks, the reality is things haven't changed much in thousands of years. A little girl's dream is to eventually get married as they get older. You know, going back to Camila, several times a week, we did it two days ago, maybe, yeah, one, two days ago, she assembles all her, all her plush toys and we get married in her room. Yeah, I have to kneel down, propose, you know, yeah, do the whole procession. I mean, we've, you know, there's like, there's like five times a marriages every single week. You know, she likes, she's dreaming already at four years old. And can I tell you, there's so many young girls who grew up with that illusion that, that, that as they get older, that when, the only thing that matters is that they find that man, that husband, that will fulfill all of their dreams. And all the, women, all the married women say, no, right? Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, there might be a gift of God. But listen, as young women, listen, you can never grow up thinking that a husband is going to it's where you're going to find your identity, where you're going to be, all your dreams are going to be completed because that's not the way it was designed. Amen. And so listen, single moms, I want, to address to you, I want to address you as well because as many of you know, I was raised by a single mom for a portion of my life. So I have a special place in my heart for single moms. And some of you may be thinking that you're desperate to meet somebody else in order to be complete, in order to have that other person because without a husband, you know, things are, not, things are not right. And here's the reality. Listen, if God brings you a godly man, key phrase, godly man, then praise God. Then praise God. But if not, listen, you don't need to feel like you're devalued or less worth or incomplete because in the season of your life, you don't have a husband. Can we encourage our single moms today? Amen. And so going back to the story, listen, as their life progressed, right, 
Here's the next thing that they struggled with. Write this down, letter C. Eventually, they started finding their identity in their children. Now, listen to what happens next. A long portion, but just track with me. Listen to what it says. Now, when the Lord saw that Leah was hated or loved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, because the Lord has looked upon my affliction, for now my husband will love me. She conceived again and bore a son. And she said, because the Lord has heard that I am hated, he has given me this son also. She called his name Simeon. Two, two sons now. And, then she, and again, she conceived again and bore a son and said, now this time my husband will be attached to me because I've borne him three sons. Therefore, his name was called Levi. And then she conceived again and bore a son and said, this time I will praise the Lord. Therefore, she called his name Judah, and then she ceased bearing. Now, when Rachel saw, right, when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, she said to Jacob, she, uh, she, she envied her sister, and she said to Jacob, give me children, or I shall die. And Jacob's anger was kindled against Rachel, and he said, am I in the place of God? Who has withheld Fruit from your womb? Then she said, here's my servant Bilhah, her maidservant. Go into her so that she may give birth on my behalf, that even I may have children through her. Wow. Folks, notice these two girls were spiraling. And, and folks, they've gone from finding their identity growing up in how they looked and how a boy would see them to now to shift to find their identity eventually in a man and a husband. And now they're trying to find their identity in children in being a mother. And folks, as we just read, listen, Leah had four children. Rachel was jealous. He gives her maidservant to Jacob as also a wife to have children. She has children through them. In fact, when, when, when one of those children were born, she said, with mighty wrestlings, I have wrestled my sister and prevailed. So she called the name Naphtali. So, so folks, at that juncture, Leah now gets jealous and she gets her maidservant to Jacob as well. Crazy, right? She has two more children. And folks, to make a long story short, I know it's a crazy story. To make a long story short, Jacob ends up having 12 children, 12 boys through these four women. Now, folks, here's why I'm showing you this. It's important for you to understand this. You know, last week I reminded you that I wanted to elevate our Bible literacy, if you guys remember, because I want you guys to be familiar with these Old Testament stories. You see, these 12 boys would turn out to be the forefathers of the nation of Israel. In fact, they would be the head of each of the 12 tribes of Israel. So when you read Scripture now, Old Testament or New Testament, doesn't matter, and you see, so-and-so was from the tribe of Asher. Oh, he was from the tribe of Judah. He was the tribe of Dan, right? Now you know from what tribe and what lineage, for example, our Lord Jesus Christ was from the tribe of Judah. So Judah was a descendant of Jesus. Does that make sense? So now when you read Scripture and you see all these tribes of blank, now you know what they are referring to. 
But folks, going back to that story, I know, listen, I know, this is a crazy story. And it's almost to a certain extent, it's almost hard for us to relate to it. To it. But listen, can I tell you, there's so many ladies who fall into the same pitfall when it comes to children. You see, for, some, for, 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 for those who cannot have children, you know, some, for, for some of, these, of women, they go around and they live their whole lives almost like imprisoned in discouragement, which is not God's will for your life. But they live their lives like that because they, they, they somehow they, they think that if they're able to have children, they can find an identity. And for women who've had children, when they start experiencing the disappointments of life, when they, their marriage doesn't go the way they think, they shift their focus from their husbands to their children, and then now they become obsessed and they find their identity in their children. But on this Mother's Day, here is what God, how God wants to re- encourage you and remind you. In fact, write this down as big number two. God wants his daughters to find their identity in him. Can I get an amen to that? You see, the wonderful thing about our Lord is that once you come to faith in Christ, once you put your faith in the life, death, and resurrection, you surrender your life to the Lord. Listen, something amazing happens. Listen, at that moment, your search for an identity comes to an end. Because what? Now you are a daughter of the living God. In fact, this is why John chapter 1 says, for, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, to those he gave the right to become the what of God? The children of God. To make it more applicable for, to, for the ladies today, whether young or old, listen, but to the woman who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a daughter of the living God. You see, before Christ, you were just a girl trying to find your identity, going from all these different things, trying to find out who you are. Just like Camila, right? Every day, going to a new dress, a new identity, just like that. Listen, so many, listen, you were just a girl going through this world, trying to find what gave you worth, what gave you meaning, but the moment you came to know Christ as Savior, that search came to an end. Because now you are a daughter of the living God. And this, amen, and this changes your life because listen, when you realize that you are a daughter of God, your looks do not define you. Whether you get married or not does not define you. Whether or not you're able to have children or how many children does not define you. Why? You are a daughter of the living God. Listen, all those gifts are from God, but your identity is in him. You see, don't miss this. I want you to understand this. You are not, you are not a mother who also happens to be a daughter of God. You are first and foremost a daughter of God who turns out also to be a mother, amen? And listen, my challenge, my question to mothers, to women today is, listen, do you live in the reality that you are a daughter of God? As you live your life, 
Do you live in that reality? Do you carry yourself with honor and respect in the sense that you are a daughter of the living God? Can I tell you, listen, mothers, grandmothers, what your children need to see the most from you in your life is a woman who is so grounded in their identity in Christ that it does not matter what comes her way, good or bad, it does not matter what happens in life because at the end of the day, you are grounded that you are a daughter of the living God. Can I get an amen to that? That's what you, your children need to see. And folks, when I read this story as, as, a, as a man, as a father, as I read this story, what I noticed is that when Laban, their father, saw his two little girls spiraling out of control, he never took the time to point them towards God. He stayed silent, and thus he failed. So let me talk to fathers. Let me talk to grandfathers today here. If you have been blessed enough with that God entrusting you a little girl, so no matter how old they are, they'll always be your little girl, amen? amen? Listen carefully. One of your main responsibilities as a father is that you observe your daughter's life. And when you see your little girl starting to find her identity in something else other than God, it is your responsibility to intervene and point them back to their heavenly father. Husbands, listen, you are married to a daughter of God. The moment you see your wife trying, spiraling out of control, consumed with fear, seeking their identity in something else other than God, it is your responsibility to point them to God. And single men, young adults, older men who are single, who are dating, listen, the woman who you are dating right now, or you will date, is a daughter of the living God. You treat them with respect and you treat them with honor. There's a father who's watching everything you do. You treat them in a way that will honor her heavenly father. Can, we, can I get an amen to that? And so listen, going back, and here's the thing. Once a woman is grounded in who she is in Christ, listen, how she lives her life changes. In fact, write this down that her A. Now, God's daughters adorn themselves with a gentle spirit. Listen to what God's word says in 1 Peter chapter three. Daughters of God, listen carefully. Do not let your adorning be external. The braiding of hair, the putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. He's saying, daughter of God, do not get caught up in what society tells you you should adorn yourself. Don't get caught up with what social media tells you is the new fashion to make you look beautiful. Listen, listen, let your adorning be what your heavenly father says, it's imperishable beauty in his eyes. And listen, I'm not saying that you should not take care of yourself, right? It doesn't mean that next week 
All the ladies are gonna come here with having brushed their teeth or combed their hair. Like, I'm not saying that, right? But here's what I do wanna remind you. There is a fine line between a woman taking care of herself to be presentable, a fine line when you cross where now you try your, you find your identity in how you look and what other people see from the outside. Daughter of God, be careful that in your heart you don't pass that line and you don't realize it and start finding your identity in other, someone other than, the, uh, than, your, than your heavenly father. So listen, every day when you get ready, in the, when you get ready and you're looking yourself in the, mo- in the mirror every morning, remind yourself it's a new day with new mercies. And today I'm going to adorn myself, not the way the world tells me to adorn myself, but I'm going to adorn myself by the way, the way that I know my heavenly father wants me to adorn myself. In fact, listen, our team has created these really cool stickers that says new mornings, new mercies. And ladies of all ages, when you walk out, you can pick this sticker up free of charge, obviously on the way out at all campuses. And it'll be great if you put this right in the morning mirror as you get ready so that you remind yourself today's a new day with new mercies. And today I'm gonna adorn myself with the imperishable beauty that my heavenly Father says is true beauty. Can we encourage our ladies today, amen? Here's the second thing that takes place in your life. God's daughters now, write this down, so be, God's daughter now do and teach what is good. In fact, listen to how 1 Peter chapter 3 continues. It says this. It says, and you are her children. Now, it's referring to Sarah, which is uh, Abraham's wife, right? If you are in the lineage of these great women of God, listen, you are her children if you what? Do good. Listen, now that you are a daughter of God, listen, your consuming passion is to live a life that honors the Lord. Amen? You want a great objective to every day? Live a life that you do good, that you honor your heavenly Father. And as you do good, listen, you pass on the truth to the next generation. You know, this is why God's Word says, older women likewise. You are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to too much wine. For they are to what, church? To teach what is what? Good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children and to be self-controlled and pure. In other words, listen, if God has given you the ability, entrusted to you a child of whatever age they are now, listen carefully, your responsibility is to pass on the truth of God's word to the next generation. You know, John Wesley, a great theologian, he once said this, he said, I learned, we have a quote, yeah, I learned more about Christianity from my mother than from all the theologians in England. You know, I heard it say just recently, mother, a child's first glimpse of Jesus is you. Listen, live your life in a way that exemplifies what it means to honor God and teach your children the truth of God's word. And then lastly, write this down, letter C. I gotta hurry. Write this down, letter C. God's daughter, do not fear now what's to come. If you're a daughter of God, 
You don't fear anymore. In fact, listen to how that portion of scripture ends. It says, and you are her children. If, if you do good and do not, what church? Fear. fear. Anything that is frightening. Listen, sad to say, but Leah and Rachel, those poor young girls, all of their life, as we just read, they were consumed with fear. They were consumed with anxiety. And the truth of the matter, listen, is that you today, daughter of God, you are going to face many things that will instill fear in your heart. In fact, the question I want to pose for you today at all campuses is this. What, daughter of God, what is that one thing today that you're fearing? What do you fear? Listen, you are a daughter of God. Your heavenly father is with you every step of the way. He's never going to leave you or forsake you. And there is no reason to fear of what's to come. This is why Proverbs 31, that great passage about the godly woman says this, strength and dignity are in her clothing. And I love this, one of my favorite passages for ladies. And it says, and she what, church? She what? She laughs at the time to come. Listen, mom, listen, mom, what your children need to see from you is a laughing mom. It's a mom that when she looks to the future, whether there's good things coming down the pike or bad things coming down the pike, she laughs at what's to come because she knows that she has a heavenly father that is with her, that will never leave her, forsake her, and will lead her through every season of your life. And so listen, daughter of God, laugh at the future. That's what it means to be a daughter of God. Again, if you're a single mom here, listen carefully. I know that you may feel alone at times as you raise your little ones, but listen, you are not alone because you have a caring heavenly father who's watching you, with you, sustaining you, protecting you, providing you every single step of the way. You know, listen, the reason that I am the man that I am today, because it was because I had a mom who not only did what was right, what was good, but taught me what was good. But not only that, but she had a faithful heavenly father that was sustaining my little mom all through her life and helped her raise me to become the man that I am today. Amen. And so if you're a single mom, listen, God is with you. And your kids are in God's hands. Let's encourage your single moms today again one more time. So let me end with this. You know, as we reflect on this story, you know, what was, what was noticeable in the story of Rachel and Leah is that as they were spiraling out of control, they were all alone. They had no one to, that would speak into their lives, the truth about God, then had no other godly woman in, her li in their lives to course correct them before they kept spiraling out of control. In a sense, they were isolated from other women. As a result, look what happened. And the truth of the matter, listen, is that you may be going through a hard season today, whether you're a young girl whether you are married, whether you have children, your grandmother, it doesn't matter. You may be going through a hard season right now where you feel discouraged, 
where you feel confused, where you feel a sense of just, just discouraged about the situation in your life right now. And the sad truth is that you're going through this life alone. You're just like Leah and Rachel. You haven't surrounded yourself with other God-fearing women to encourage you along the way. And listen, when you surround yourself with other God-fearing women, listen, something special happens and it helps you in your walk with the Lord and the impact is invaluable. In fact, take a look at the story of a lady from our church. My name is Wendy and I am a single mom. I had just given birth to my son. He was two months old. My son's father and I had a falling out. And I was filled with a lot of bitterness, a lot of anger, a lot of unforgiveness. My life before Christ, I found my identity in myself and my worth and value wasn't very high. I sought out validation from everyone, basically. My, my mom, my brother, um, guys as well. A lot of the pain that I, I endured, I never processed it. I never forgave a lot of people. And so I, I went to either partying or to alcoholism. I used to drink a lot. I would drink and I would go partying, but I would also drive. I was driving home one day, my friend, she wanted to follow me that night. And I started falling asleep on the wheel and she beeped at me very hard. And it, if it wasn't because of her, I, I would have crashed and I would have gotten a DUI. And I mean, who knows what else would have happened. I ended up getting home that night. And I remember the next morning, I woke up and I said like, this is it, like I can't, I can't live like this anymore. My best friend started going to Christ Fellowship and she invited me. I was always stagnant in my faith. I never took it seriously until I started going to Christ Fellowship. And that's when I actually first picked up my Bible and started to read the Word. CF and my small group were really was what the turning point in my life. It was also the fact that I, I didn't wanna just stay stagnant. I, I look at my son and I'm like, man, how good is God that I lived what I lived but I was saved by him and I was chosen by him. And now I get to lead my son and disciple him towards the Lord. And it's awesome because I, I am so undeserving of where I'm at right now. Now the Lord has saved me, but he is so good. And my son never has to see that side of me, but it's beautiful because I get to share that with him, but also share the goodness and the faithfulness of how the Lord has transformed my life. I knew I needed Jesus and the only way to do so is by reading the word and, being, and, and looking more like him, but also allowing uh, God to break my heart in that. I tell this to everyone, be surrounded by people who are not afraid to tell you the truth. There are so many people, even, even amongst believers, that we wanna be around people who tell us what we wanna hear. But if they're not leading you back to Christ, then they're not really doing you any justice. My small group did that for me. Even when I was so hard on myself as being a mom, um, they would always bring me back and say that there is grace and that my identity wasn't in being a mom, but it was in Christ. And that even though I would be imperfect, I serve a perfect God. Hey, let's praise God for that, my goodness. What a powerful story. And you know, as we just saw, you saw the importance of having other people. You see, listen, God's vision for you, daughter of God, 
is not that you would just have a relationship with him, but also that you would be surrounded as a daughter of God with other sisters in Christ. It doesn't matter how old you are, young or old, listen, you were designed to have sisters in Christ to help you along the way and you help them. For some of you, listen, you need to get into the context of a small group and surround yourself with other ladies to grow in your walk with the Lord. Some of us, let's just be honest, some of you have been walking with the Lord for a long time and the Lord has worked in your heart in beautiful ways. Maybe for you, their next step is not joining a small group, but leading a small group. Hosting a small group where ladies could come and they could gather together and grow in their relationship with God. And so here's what I want to do. By the way, if you ever wonder what is my heart's desire for the daughters of God of this church, it's very simple. Get into community with other ladies. Surround yourself with other ladies to help you in your walk with God. That's my top priority for you. Get in a small group in the context of Christ-centered community. So here's what we're going to do. In a few moments, we're going to, I'm, going to add, I'm going to pray for other, for other mothers. But before we do that, here's what I'm going to ask you to do. All the moms, go ahead. I know you're taking pictures of all your little ones throughout the day. Go ahead and take out your phone for just a moment. Go ahead and take out your phone. If you're a lady, young or old, single, mom, married, doesn't matter. Go ahead and take out your phone at all campuses. Go ahead and take them out. And I want you to open up the camera app. And I want you to scan that code right behind me. If we could put that code, there we go. Go ahead and when you put your pointer camera there, you'll see it'll come up a, a, like, a, a, like a little link. Click on that link. If it doesn't work, simply go to cfmiami.org slash groups. But when you click on that link, you'll get a little, uh, a little um, like a connection card. And listen, if you're already in a small group, you don't have to fill this out. But if you're not in a small group or you said, you know what, I would love to lead a woman's small group and help other women, this is the moment. So go ahead and fill that. I'm going to give you a few moments, all right? And then I'm going to follow up and give you some next steps, and then we're going to pray, all right? So if that's you, if you're a lady, a daughter of God, sign up today, and they'll follow up with you. Go ahead and take some time now. By the way, if you're a gentleman and you would like to join a small group, not a women's small group, right? But a regular small group, a men's small group, you can also fill out that same form, all right? But here's what I'm gonna do. Ladies, for those of you who are filling out that, that form, uh, we're gonna follow up with you. Someone from our small group team will follow up with you and help you find that perfect group for you so that you can grow as a daughter of God, all right? By the way, on the way out, there's a next step booth. There's also the small group team there. You can talk to them if you have more questions about a women's small groups, all right? Well, here's what I'm going to do. If you are a mother, a grandmother, a mother figure, listen, go ahead and I'm going to ask at all campuses to stand up. If you're a mom, go ahead and stand up right now. Amen. 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 
Amen. We love you. We love you, moms. Let me pray for you, and then we'll be concluded. Father, we come before you, oh God, and we're just so grateful. I know I am. I know so many of us. We're so grateful for our mothers, for our grandmothers, for those who really sacrificed their lives day in, day out, where they sacrificed themselves every single day to nurture us, to make us grow, to help us along the way, to love on us, to encourage us. Lord, thank you for our mothers. They are your gift to us, oh God. Thank you for them. We ask you, Lord, for a special blessing over their life right now. Lord, you alone know the struggles, the trials, the issues in their life. But Father, today is a day that we pray for a special blessing over them. Let your spirit in their hearts remind them of how much you love them of how proud of, you, of them you are, of how they are to live, not by perfection, but by grace, O oh Lord. And Father, bless them, O oh God. Let them in their hearts feel your love and feel your approval of a Father who will never leave or forsake them. And Lord, we pray for them as well that they would, they would do good, they would teach what is good, and they would not fear the future. Father, build in them a bold heart to know that whatever comes their way, they have a heavenly Father who will never leave them or forsake them all the days of their life until the very last breath on this earth. Bless them, O oh Lord. Thank you for our mothers. It's in the precious name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people say, amen. amen, amen. Let's go ahead and encourage our moms one more time. And if you don't mind, let's all stand up at all campuses. I'm gonna call all the campus pastors to the front. Christ Fellowship, Happy Mother's Day, I love you all.